0: Do you realize when we worship, when we sing, that God is our audience? And I just—I have to believe hearing you praise Him today brought Him joy. Luke 10, 38-42 is a passage about Martha and Mary. It's a familiar story. And those of you who sit in the back which is often the majority, there is a stained glass window that's the last window on your right of Jesus, Martha, and Mary. I'm not encouraging you to sit in back, (laughs) but I just thought I'd point that out as we begin. As they went on their way, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. The word there is diaconia. We get the word deacon from it. Martha was distracted with deaconing, and she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to deacon alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Doesn't that describe most of us? One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion which shall not be taken away from her. Let's bow. Father, it's so easy for us to get distracted over many things and anxious and troubled because we allow those things to take us away from you. Even when serving you, Lord, we allow those things to keep us from just being with you. And so remind us what one thing is needful and to put that into our lives in a bigger way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let me acknowledge from the outset that this passage of scripture is dangerous in the hands of a preacher because preachers like to eat. I actually had a friend who who preached on this passage and a woman came up to him angry with him said how dare you preach on this as many meals as you've had at my house. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about cooking for preachers here. <laughs> What, what Jesus is talking about is how we use our time. What we do with our time and how we allow so many things to interfere with the one needful thing, the one important thing, the one truly significant thing, which is just being with him. This is a story of Mary and Martha. And I don't think Jesus intended to hurt Martha's feelings or to demean what she was doing in any way. He just wanted her to realize and us... That oftentimes we allow busyness and activities to interfere, as important as those are, to interfere with the one most important thing, which is just spending time with him. So who is Martha? Notice I didn't say who was Martha, but who is she? We know who she was. Literally, she and Mary and Lazarus owned a home in Bethany about two miles east of Jerusalem, and it was Jesus Favorite place to stay when he was going to and from the holy city. He would stop in Bethany and have a meal with them, maybe spend the night with them, and then go into the holy city the next day because anywhere you travel to Jerusalem is going to be a day's hike, at least a day's journey. So spend the night with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and then the next day get up and go into Jerusalem. Figuratively, who is she? Martha represents us, doesn't she? All of us who get so busy serving the Lord, who get so busy doing good things, who are so active in ministry, in helping our neighbors, in doing those things pleasing to God that we allow them to infringe upon the one most important thing, which is spending time with Jesus. Martha was a perfectionist. She was a type A personality. She had a list of things to do, and she checked them off and accomplished them all. I mean, after all, I counted up, Martha had 16 people coming into her home to eat. Jesus, the 12 disciples, makes 13, and then there's Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. That's 16 people to feed, and 13 of them are preachers. So she had a meal to prepare. She is busying herself with all the activities, cleaning, preparing, cooking, serving, getting it on the table in a timely fashion so they can enjoy it and she be seen as a good hostess welcoming them with the gift of hospitality and service which we all know are important gifts not only in Jesus' day but in our days. Are you like Martha in some ways? I know I am. I do a lot of what I think are important things. Visiting the hospital, the nursing home, the funeral home, uh, preparing sermons, preparing devotions, committee meetings, activities, all these things. And oftentimes I've got to be careful that I don't allow looking at a passage of Scripture and wondering how can I use this for a devotion or how can I work this into a sermon and, and keep that from just being with Jesus and hearing what he has to say to me, of listening to God. Everything doesn't have to be sermon preparation. Sermon preparation. Sometimes it just needs to be time alone with God, and and I let the responsibilities crowd that most needful thing out. Martha is busily serving. My goodness, she's doing all the things that had to happen for Jesus and his disciples to be fed and, and cared for in their home that evening. But she did not know when it was time to stop. And listen. Mary stopped when Jesus arrived. I'm sure before their arrival that Mary and Martha were working together, sisters preparing for Jesus' arrival. But when Jesus entered the door, Mary put those things down and sat for a while at his feet. Martha kept working hard, kept doing all the things that had to happen, and she almost missed being with Jesus. He was in her home just a few hours, coming and going. And she almost let that window of opportunity pass without sitting at the feet of the Messiah. It's a lot like us. A lot of us, a lot of you do a lot of good things. I acknowledge that. And this church couldn't function without them. But my, my fear is sometimes we let those good things interfere with the most important thing, being with Jesus. I had a friend in college in Atlanta. His name was Bill. And it, it got kind of humorous, but I'd ask him, Bill, how are you doing? How are things going? And his, his common response was, oh, Wayne, I'm just running around like a chicken with my head chopped off. You ever heard that expression? And I know he wanted to impress me with how busy he was, but honestly, I've never seen a chicken with his head cut off accomplish that much. And I don't know what he accomplished running here to there, doing this and that. Sometimes you're so busy, you accomplish very little. And Martha was going to miss the point of her efforts. The whole point of preparing a meal was to, was to not only entertain Jesus and feed him, but was also to to benefit from his presence in her home with her family. She was about to miss the whole point of her efforts with that busyness. And in the midst of our compulsive busyness, does Jesus ever get ignored? Does he get left out in the cold because we are so busy doing things we think makes him happy and pleases him? We do a lot for him, but does it keep us from being with him? which is the most important thing. She is the perfect example of someone who does everything right but fails in doing the one right thing. So I was wondering this week, what if we what if we'd had two columns or, or two time schedules? One schedule is how much time we spend doing things that are important. And this column is how much time we spend with Jesus. What if for one week we swapped those two columns. And instead of doing things for Jesus, we took that time and spent time with him and then put the the things that we did for Jesus into the time that we usually spend with him. Say, for example, we usually spend five hours a week doing good things for the kingdom and one hour a week actually being with him. What if we swap those two? And spent one hour doing things for him and five hours actually being with him. What would happen? You see what I'm saying? We might not get that much done, but we would get what's most important done. And then what's most important would filter down into what we really need to do. I've had a church member whose motto was simplify. I've had a church member give me a book, Simple Church. And the whole theme of it is how many activities do we do that really aren't accomplishing what they were originally intended to do? And what if we let those things just kind of pass by the wayside so we could focus on the few important things, the few needful things that really matter? How much more effective could our ministry be instead of doing many things well, doing a few things with excellence? Well, Martha just explodes in anger. Jesus, don't you care that I've got to do all the work? Translate that today, and she's asking, why don't other people do their share of work around here? Seems like I've got to do it all. It's kind of like the musician who spends all his time tuning his instrument and never gets around to playing it. We do all the work of preparation, but when Jesus is here, And unlike Martha, it's not like he's just passing through one evening. Jesus is available all the time, anywhere, any place. Jesus is there, and you have the privilege of being with him. But I'm so afraid that we get so busy doing things for him that we don't do the one thing that really matters, and that's the relationship with Jesus. What if Jesus... Hadn't stopped Martha. I wonder if in challenging her like this, if she actually puts things down and goes and sits down beside Mary. We don't know. But if he hadn't said something, I'm sure she would have continued serving. Mary would have benefited, would have fed off of what Jesus had to say, and Martha would have been busily working in the background with that resentment and that grudge just growing more and more bitter that she was having to do all the work thinking that she was doing what was necessary and all the while Mary was doing what was important. I think Jesus would have been happy with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich if Martha would have just put down what she was doing for him and sat at his feet for a while. The chores are important, but are they really what's most important? Jesus is saying there'll always be something to do. Similar to when he said, you'll always have the poor with you. There'll always be a need. There'll always be an activity that needs to be done. But your time with me is precious and don't let that busyness crowd out what's most important. Sometimes I think we need to take the yardstick of eternity and put it up beside our activities and measure everything we do by eternity, When I get to eternity, is this going to be really that important? You know, we've been left here to prepare for eternity, so how is what we're doing making that preparation? When we get to eternity and look back, will we say, and I've said this before, gee, I wish I'd spent more time at work. Gee, I wish I had spent more time pursuing this hobby or doing that or going here or going there. Or will we say, I wish I'd spent more time preparing to spend eternity with Jesus. I want you to get your Bibles out and look at Luke 10, because this is, I was really excited when I realized this this week. Starting halfway through the chapter, Luke 10, verse 25. A lawyer comes up to Jesus to put Jesus to the test. And he asks him, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says in verse 26, what is written in the law, how do you read? And the lawyer answers, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus, verse 28, said to him, you have answered this right, do this and you will live. And so then the lawyer presses him, who is... My neighbor, and that's where Jesus gives the parable of the Good Samaritan, answering, Who is my neighbor? Now, right after the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus says, Verse 37, Go and do likewise. And then, verse 38 starts the passage of Martha and Mary. Do you see what's happening? A lawyer says, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Love God, love your neighbor. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan with the lesson of how to love your neighbor, go and do likewise, and then the story of Martha and Mary showing you how to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So these two passages right on the heels of that great commandment, Jesus is showing us how to love our neighbor and how to love God. There's go and do likewise, and to Mary, sit and listen. Both are important. And I think it's also important to realize who Jesus holds up as the example. In the Good Samaritan, it's a Samaritan. Who's a Samaritan? He's the disenfranchised, the one that the Jews look down on for being a half-breed. And in this story, it's Mary, a woman. In Jewish circles, a woman ought never sit at Jesus' feet. That's the place for men to sit and listen and learn from a rabbi. Women are supposed to be serving. But Jesus never does what's expected, does he? And so he is always breaking down barriers and genders and cultures and expectations and uses a Samaritan to explain how to love a neighbor and he uses a woman to show how to love God. Jesus is always doing the unexpected and breaking down those barriers of cultural and gender and racial bridges that we have erected. Getting things done is important, but it's not the most important. Relationships matter more, and the relationship with the Lord matters most of all. God has given us 1,440 minutes in a day to steward and he wants to see what kind of how we'll manage that what kind of stewards we will be he has entrusted that time to us so what does our use of time say about our priorities well we're going to get these things done today and check them off but somewhere in that list is the most important thing the most needful thing included spending time with him sitting at his feet and listening. He tells the lawyer to go and do. That's important. But so is sitting and listening. And the Samaritan and Mary teach us how to do both. Bow with me. Father, help us balance going and doing with sitting and listening. Help us to prioritize you, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and let all these other things follow in their, in their intended priority. We have tasks that need to be done. And if we don't do them, we're worried that no one else will. There's some things that only we can do. So calm us down, troubled and anxious over many things. And know that when we spend time with you, that there will be enough time to do the things that really matter. We want to prioritize time with you, the one needful thing, so when we get to eternity and look back, there'll be no regrets. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.